What's going on, listeners? You have reached the Popcorn and Pop Culture Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Rob. I'm one of your hosts for this episode. With me, hailing all the way from Florida, is my good buddy Michael Sheehan. What's up, Mike? What up, my people? How is everybody doing out there? You know, everyone is answering right now. They're doing great, Mike, and thank you for asking. You are welcome. (laughs) Anyway, for this episode, we're going to switch it up a little bit. Mike and I were talking. uh, We've been been watching some things, like we always do, and we kind of want to talk about it, but we don't want to dedicate an entire episode talking about one thing. So this kind of segment, we'll probably do this, you know, every once in a while now, is what have we been watching? What have the guys from Popcorn and Podcast been doing the past week or two? So Mike and I have a couple selections that we have recently watched, and we're just going to briefly talk about it about it and have a conversation because I think we both have seen everything that we have selected. Uh, so Mike, would you like to go first? What have you been watching, man? Yeah, so uh, last night, um, the wife and I watched uh, Insomnia, which is a Christopher Nolan-directed film. Um, maybe one of the lesser-known movies in his repertoire. Um, you know, it, it was, uh, I have to look back at the year that it was actually uh, created, but it's a movie starring Al Pacino and Rob Williams. It's a pretty straightforward movie in, in, a lot, in some aspects. It's kind of a, you know, Al Pacino's a detective. Um, and uh, let me just mention before I go further that there's going to be all sorts of spoilers um, in this episode for all the movies that we're going to talk about. So, you know, if you hear a movie that you haven't seen and you want to tune out, you know, uh, definitely do that. Um and yeah, so anyway, getting back to the plot, so Al Pacino's a detective, he and his partner fly out to Alaska to try and track down a killer who you find out later is, uh, or not much later, but a little bit later in the movie is played by Robin Williams. Yeah, yeah, that's insomnia, and like you said, it's definitely one of Chris Nolan's lesser known films. Um, I don't know exactly the correct chronology, chronology of his films but yeah i remember liking it a lot again i watched it a while ago it is kind of an older film i remember liking it a lot but to um the collection of nolan films you know i wouldn't say i say he finally found his like style and his niche like later after insomnia mike i i think i think you told me you liked it though but like did you love it did you think it was okay what did you think about it yeah i mean i when it first came out, I didn't think I really enjoyed it all that much. But going back and rewatching it, I you know I definitely had a good appreciation for it. You can you can see a lot of like Nolan style in in the film, uh, or what I, we've kind of come to known as his kind of quintessential style of filming and and pace. You know, there's definitely good pace to the movie. Um, yeah, but you know this was this film was not written by um, him. him or his brother, uh, which kind of is is a staple uh, in a, in a, not all. of but most of the, his, his filmography so um, yeah it's, it's just a good movie you know some really good acting some good dialogue and it's an interesting story because it's a little bit different than your um, stereotypical kind of like m- murder mystery you know early on we kind of figure out um, and find out that it's Robin Williams is the killer and Robin Williams and Al Pacino develop this relationship and you're kind of sitting back wondering like are they going to help each other out um, because because Rob Williams ends up finding some dirt on Al Pacino. Um, again, spoiler alert, so Al Pacino accidentally kills his partner, and so Rob Williams sees that, and Rob Williams is trying to blackmail Al Pacino so that 
Rob Williams can get away with the murder that he committed earlier. So it's a it's a little twist on kind of the normal detective killer, you know, uh, storyline. Um, and it has some good plot twists and uh, and a pretty good ending. I should mention Hilary Swank is in this movie, and she's like super young, almost. I mean, she's <laughs> definitely recognizable, but this had to be one of her first films that she had starred in. And it's just kind of funny, like seeing her so young in a movie. Yeah, yeah, you know that that is that's very true, and like I said, like you said, great acting performances in the film, and uh, Chris Nolan just kind of like you know with a low budget and everything, just kind of just told a story and told it very successfully, and the, so watching uh, Insomnia again, have you seen all of Chris Nolan films, even like following in those lesser known ones? Yeah, um, I watched Following a long time ago, so I need to go back and, and re-watch that, because I really don't remember that movie, but I, I remember watching that, like, literally after I saw Memento, and Memento came out, you know, how many years ago now, um, and it's, you know, still one of my favorite movies, um, but I, I have seen them all. Nice, we're gonna have to yes. do... Have you? Yeah, yeah, I've seen them all, I saw Following as well, we're gonna have to do some type of Chris Nolan episode after we both see Dunkirk, which comes out this weekend. Yes, I'll definitely be seeing it. <laughs> me too, I'm excited for it. Okay, for me, um, a movie that I recently watched was uh, the 2016 film Lion, and I've heard lots of things about it, lots of good things, especially from you, Mike, yourself, and a lot of other friends that have seen it and saying, oh man, you gotta see this movie, this movie is great. So I was excited when it was finally on Netflix, and I watched it, and it was everything that I was hoping it was going to be. I won't go into plot that much, but like Mike said, we're gonna, probably, we're gonna talk about it, we're gonna spoil it. So if you haven't seen Lion, maybe tune out for the next five or so minutes. But yeah, Lion, I really, really did enjoy. I liked how I liked how the movie was set in India and it wasn't afraid to, you know, keep the native tongue, keep the subtitles in it instead of anything else. I think, and it was like almost half of the movie it was like that. And that's important because I feel like this is almost like a bridge movie where a lot of American or the, the general public or the general audience in America, don't they don't like to watch foreign films. And maybe this is some type of bridge to be like, hey, you know, this movie is really good and half of it's in foreign, you know, so maybe branch out and watch some other films. You could, you could read subtitles, you can, you know, it's the same exact thing, maybe even better. And I loved that. I loved that aspect of it. I loved the story. It was very, very heartwarming. Um, Nicole Kidman gave a great performance. Dev Patel stepped up his game and really gave a great dramatic performance. And altogether, yeah, it was very, very... It was based on a true story. And it was really, really touching. The moment at the end when he dedicates a, a lot of his life to trying to find out where he came from. And he went, that, that, that moment when he uses Google Maps, I'm just like, he's randomly swiping left and right. I'm like, I'm like, no way. He's just going to like swipe and like figure out where he is. And boom, he's just like, wow, this looks really familiar from a satellite. And he figures out where his, his you know, his village or where he, where he grew up. And he was able to go back and see his mom. Oh, man, it's just goosebumps right now just talking about it and like you said you, you chose it in one of our uh previous episodes uh, talking about yahoo answers and movies that made you cry so yes line is definitely one to pull at the heartstrings and i just loved the movie a lot and you did talk about this movie a lot mike when we did uh 
the end of the year type of recap of films and pop culture that we talked about. So do you have anything else to add that I might have not touched upon? Um, well, I do have a question for you. So now that you've seen that movie, where do you think it ranked as far as films from 2016? That's a good question. I, I liked it a lot, but I don't think I loved it. So um, I have to... Again, I still haven't seen Moonlight. That is, that's probably on my list. I'll probably watch that in the next week. I would say lines, you know, underneath, like behind Manchester by the Sea and La La Land and those type of films. But like we kind of discussed um, towards a couple months ago, towards the end of 2016, 2016 was kind of a weak year. So I wouldn't be surprised if I redo my top 10 list of movies that I've seen more recently, that Lion cracks the top five because it was kind of a, a dull year for movies. But like I said, it's still going to be behind the, the heavy hitters like Manchester, like La La Land, and most likely you know, it's going to be behind Moonlight after I see it. Okay, interesting. I would put this movie above Manchester, um, but behind La La Land. I, I think, you know, La La Land would be one, line would be two for me, and then Moonlight would probably be three. Yeah. So, Wait, I'm Moonlight? interested to see where you, where you land after you see Moonlight. Moonlight or Manchester? Because I remember you, I thought you thought that Manchester was better than Moonlight. Um, I, yeah, I do think that, I think overall, but I, I don't know, like, I, the more I think about Moonlight and the more it kind of, like, sits with me, I think it's been growing, so they're kind of neck and necks, and I can, I feel like I'm going back and forth, so <laughs> today I'm saying Moonlight above Manchester, but tomorrow I might say Manchester above <laughs> Like, Fair enough. I think the thing with Lion is just that because it's based on a true story and like you can, you can kind of feel what kind of movie it was during the middle and so forth. Like you knew how it was going to end up and without a doubt it was expertly directed and performed without a doubt. But I think Manchester was more my personal style of movies that I love. I love those unpredictable, really hardship type of dramas where these characters are just so conflicted with so many issues and I really did not know how Manchester was going to end. And even after Manchester ended, I was just like, wait, that's how it ended? So it was still kind of like, it wasn't any big explosive type of revelation or ending, but it was just so subtle. And that's what, in my, in my opinion, in my person, like that's what made it such a great, brilliant film and ending in, in my opinion but yeah you know lion's a great film not taken away from it all right fair enough fair enough i love lion i thought deb patel should have should have won the award i think i thought he was fantastic in this movie so <laughs> uh, all right um moving on so the other movie that uh, uh the wife and i have watched recently we went back and watched the 2007 film zodiac um starring robert downey jr mark ruffalo and jake gyllenhaal uh, amongst uh, a cast of uh, many other uh actors and actresses that you'd recognize um this is a story uh you know kind of based on a true story of the zodiac killer and following him through all the years um yeah, this was uh, this was an interesting movie to go back and rewatch. I remember when I first saw it, I just thought it was it was long and kind of kind of boring at sections, but man, rewatching that film, it was so good. Um, you know, the plot is just fascinating. Like watching these characters, you know, devote their their lives, um, you know, to trying to solve this mystery, this murder, um, and it really, after it's like all said and done, like you know, again, spoiler alert here. Um, you know, the film ends and. It, they don't really you can't say for a hundred percent that they solved this murder 
you know, we were definitely led to believe and we, you know, the characters all believe it's this one person who died before they could ever truly get enough evidence to convict him or her. Uh, so, I mean, it's a him. <laughs> I already said spoiler. <laughs> so, um, it's just kind of fascinating. It's just a really good movie, really well done. Great acting, great writing, and, and really great direction in that film. So, Yeah, Zodiac. Um, I love, love, love this film. And just as, as much as we can do an entire episode, or like we could talk probably for hours and hours about Christopher Nolan and his Dunkirk movie about to come out and Insomnia that we just talked about, we can also talk hours and hours about David Fincher and his movies and his contribution to one of our generation's best directors. And in my opinion, I'm just think I, I mean, don't, don't put this in, you know, stone for me, but I think Zodiac is, in my opinion, his second best and my second best favorite film from David Fincher. I would put Social Network number one, Zodiac number two. Zodiac is just such a masterpiece though. And you're right, it is long. It is definitely long. And one of my m memories about seeing this mo this movie in the theaters is that I was in college. I believe I was a senior in college and I went with a group of friends and one of my friends <laughs> actually got carded to see this movie. None of us, we went with like five or six people and we were all literally like just like in the line together and we all went through, went through, went through and just my one friend who was only one year younger than me, so he was 20 at the time, got carded to go in to see Zodiac and I, I still remember that to this day. It's just such a funny moment. But back to what you're saying, I think <clears throat> I might be a little biased about this film because there is a big journalistic aspect and for those who don't know I you know my undergrad was journalism I, I pursued journalism in my regional paper for seven years and so when a movie can portray journalists and journalism in some type of positive light or at least realistic situation in a film I I tend to love it and that's why I love Zodiac I thought they, they really portrayed I think it was the Chronicle, I don't even remember what paper it was that they, they were a part of, but they portrayed that really well, and that's why I love movies like Spotlight and, and things like that. So yeah, Zodiac, like I said, one of my favorite Fincher movies, one of the best movies I've probably seen in the past 10 years, and uh, yeah, I, I, I personally want to rewatch it now after you just said that. I'm a little bit jealous that you got to rewatch it, so I, I can't wait to rewatch that movie. One, one last thing I'll say about it. The one thing that the movie does that's pretty fascinating is it, it, it kind of like, the movie is kind of led um, by three, you know, it takes place, is led by three different actors. So like the first third of the movie is kind of led by Robert Downey Jr. You know, the second third of the movie is kind of led by Mark Ruffalo and the, the final third of the movie is led by Jake Gyllenhaal. I mean, they're all in each other's, kind, you know, storylines, I guess, if you will. But it's just fascinating how it, it switched these these vantage points throughout the film um, without losing any momentum or, you know, um, it, it just it just weaves this incredible story through all this, all these people and their perspectives. And it, it just does it really, really well. So it's, it's pretty cool. And I really appreciate that about the movie now, the way I did it the first time around. Definitely. Great pick. Um, like I said, I'm jealous you got to rewatch it. <laughs> Alright, so my final pick is a movie that I saw recently called Passengers. And I remember, well this is the film uh, with Jen Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt. And I remember when this film was coming out, I think it came out towards Christmas time last year. And I saw the trailer, I saw the commercials, and I was like, wow, this is actually a really fascinating premise. 
this is a really cool type of um, setup for a film how these you know humans are being in these hibernation pods for over a hundred years and Chris Pratt's character wakes up when no one else has woken up and he apparently has woken up you know, 90 years before he was supposed to so for whatever type of failure that happened he's alone and he's going to die before they even reach you know wherever the next planet they're going to or whatever and I thought that was so cool. I'm like, wow, the potential for this movie. They, they, you can go in so many different directions with this film. And then I watched the film. <clears throat> and I was very sorely disappointed by how the film shaped up to be what it was. How it ended. How it just kind of... Oh man, it just wasted so much potential. It kind of like hurts me to even talk about it right now. Because I love Chris Pratt. I love Jennifer Lawrence. I think their chemistry was fine. But just the plot, uh, I don't know. Was I don't even know if this was based on a, a novel or if this was just some someone penning this movie. But it could have it could have been so much better. I was very very disappointed. It, it had this like romance story, and then like it was just like Jennifer Lawrence finds out that. Like I said, spoiler alert, Jennifer Lawrence finds out that she was woken up by Chris Pratt because he was lonely and whatever, and I really liked her. And then chaos ensues afterwards about why, you know, there's so many errors going on in the ship. I wanted a almost Shining-like movie. I think there's something so awesome about the psych psychology of an individual. As humans, we need other people to survive. And in The Shining, just having Jack Nicholas' character you know, just so so by himself for such a long period of time and just feeling feeling that loneliness that drove him to chaos and madness. I thought Passengers was going to be The Shining in space and I thought that was so cool. I, I couldn't wait to watch a new Shining type of movie and it wasn't that at all. And the, the whole plot was very, very predictable. It was so, so smooth around the edges. It, it, it was just so tidy at the end. Obviously, I mean, I think everyone knew what was going to happen, and I certainly did. And because of that, I was very, very disappointed, Mike. I don't know if you share the same feelings as I do, or at least as passionately, but what, what did you think when you saw the movie and about my comments? So I think I had a little bit of a different perspective going in because I had heard this movie gotten, like, panned by the critics. You know, it was getting so much bad press. And so I went into it with really low expectations, thinking it was going to be a terrible movie. And then I watched it, and I was like, oh, it was better than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> um, you know, and maybe that kind of caused my judgment, but I thought it was, a, you know, an okay movie. Um, I do agree with you that the plot uh, was super predictable. You kind of know what's going to happen and, and the beats of when it's going to happen without the throughout the film. Um, but it was, I still thought it did a cool job, you know, um, you know, there was some minor suspense, and I say minor just because you can't, you know what's going to happen. Um, I will just briefly, and I want to. Uh, you should after this podcast, um, maybe we can share the link um, on the on our website. There is a video um, where somebody talks about how this movie could have made been made significantly better just with the editing process of this film. Um, so the the story. Uh, kind of, as you kind of mentioned, you know, we see Chris Pratt. He is accidentally woken up early um, from this eighty-year journey or whatever. So he's, you know, he's got a significant amount of time left on his journey um, to get to their destination. And he starts spending all this time by himself, and finally, you know, breaks down and, and wakes up Jennifer Lawrence. And then she had, goes unknowingly 
uh, this whole time without you know, knowing that he woke her up on purpose and basically, you know, ruined her life slash, you know, forced her to live to live with him. Uh, and it's just this, like, horrible decision that he made. And the fact that she ends up, like, forgiving him for that is kind of, it's kind of crazy. Um, but they talk about the how if you re-edit this, if we if the first, if the movie starts out with Jennifer Lawrence waking up and Chris Pat kind of coming out of nowhere, it adds this like element of a creepiness and mystique to like well, well what you know how am I awake? Like who is this person? Why is he here? You know what's going on? Like and it makes their relationship so much more interesting. And then later on. After you find out like that, he did this horrible thing to it. Then you you see flashbacks to what is actually the beginning of the movie and, and Chris Pat kind of going insane. And it makes his choice a lot more understandable, a lot more humanizing, and it makes the movie uh, you know kind of ultimately better. Um, so it's a very fascinating video. So hopefully we can figure out how to share that link with people. But uh, I definitely recommend you checking it out, Rob. Yeah, totally. That sounds absolutely fascinating. That would have made this movie so much better. I think where I really struggled with the movie is that it, it had so much potential at being, like you said, maybe that like manic, almost horror type of film. And that's kind of what I thought it was going to be. And it, it, it could have actually been a really awesome type of romance, uh, space romance film with you know two individuals that are uh, you know kind of like sharing their lives and they, they they sacrifice each other just to make sure that they both stay alive towards all the chaos at the end. That could have been really good too, but they kind of dipped their toes into both pools. And that being said, they never really gave it their all into one story and because of that it really clouded the judgment of most of the film and, and the film as a whole so it felt very shallow it didn't feel like it really went for one or the other it was just kind of this like glossed over pretty looking film that really failed to deliver any type of theme or message that was you know that was being focused on and i i remember driving I, the next day after I saw it, I was driving to work and I was thinking about it. Like I was just like, man, it would have been really cool if they kind of like took Chris Pratt's character and like they they made it almost like a most dangerous game type of story where like he becomes so lonely and so bored and so crazy after being alone for a year and he knows he's gonna die that he just starts like waking up random people and then just like killing them but every single additional person he wakes up he kind of like gives them a better chance to survive and finally like you know maybe like the after he kills one person he'll leave like a trail for the second person who wakes up and they're gonna be like already spooked okay someone died here that person dies maybe the third or fourth person he actually gives them a weapon but he knows the shit spaceship you know from the back of his hand and he's like he kills them too and finally he gets to like jennifer lawrence's character where he maybe like is a little bit indifferent to killing her or maybe he gives her too many clues to like kind of backstab him i don't know i was just driving to work thinking about this and i was like what could i have done to make passengers better because i was like i said i was just so sorely and passionately disappointed by this film i don't know like i'm just i'm just rambling right now no, I understand, man. I, I completely understand. So, um, you know, maybe the, maybe they'll make an, a movie more like what you want to see. <laughs> One day soon. One day. All right, well, that's our episode. Uh, that's what we've been watching. Thank you for listening. We are the Popcorn and Pop Culture Podcast. Please tune in to our future episodes. Peace. Peace.